Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, friendship, and most importantly, fangirling. I'm Julie, and buckle up, fans, because we're talking about the Hasbro and blockbuster hit Dungeons and Dragons. And who better to fangirl with us over all things D&D than our special correspondent, Melinda. Welcome back, friend. Hi, how are you doing? I am great. I am ready to talk all things D&D. Are you ready? I'll hopefully roll myself a nat 20 for initiative. Let's do this. All right. All right, friend. I saw this movie on Easter Sunday, and I was so surprised how packed this theater was. I was expecting an empty theater, and I was like, hmm, all of us are here. I was so surprised that I had to pick my seat. It was like, it was like single rider at Disneyland. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? It was a great movie, nonetheless, but it ran a bit long. I was checking my watch. All right. Oh, and we're still going. Okay. How about you? What were your initial thoughts, Melinda? Well, I had saw the trailer and knew immediately that I wanted to see it as soon as, you know, Chris Pine was the bard. Oh, yeah. And I really enjoyed the film. I also agree that it kind of got really slow, like during the middle of the of the film. And I went, all right, we probably have like another hour to go. But I was one of the few people who practically laughed at all the visual jokes for like the entire time. I I really did. I really did enjoy it. It was a really fun film. So for those of you who don't know, and I'm assuming a lot of you do know, Dungeons and Dragons was first published in 1974, and it's been published by Wizards of the Coast, which is a subsidiary of Hasbro since 1997. It allows players to create their own character to play, and these characters embark upon adventures within a fantasy setting. A dungeon master serves as the game's referee and storyteller while maintaining the setting in which the adventures occur and playing the role of the inhabitants of the game world known as non-player characters or NPCs. Uh, the characters form a party and they interact with the settings inhabitants and each other and together they solve dilemmas, engage in battles, explore and gather treasure and knowledge. Um, and in the process, they can earn experience points or XP to rise in levels and become more powerful over a series of separate game sessions. I don't know about you, but I did not realize how many celebrities play D&D regularly. Like, they go hard for D&D. I, all I knew of was Joe Manganiello. And he I knew he had a custom table made to have his D&D league. I have a few friends who play D&D. But you came up with a huge list of celebs. And I was totally caught off guard. So let's name drop, my friend. Well, the biggest one that I recognize, other than Manganiello, was Vin Diesel. Okay. And he was asked by the company of D&D at the time for the 30th anniversary to write a forward for the book. And he talked about his experience growing up playing D&D and mentioned a character that he had named Melkor, like from, you know, the Cimmerillion. Okay. And how that character was a witch hunter. So the screenwriter, Corey Goodman, who's also a D&D player, decided to write a script about Diesel's character, and they changed the name to Calder, and that was how the movie The Last Witch Hunter was born, which is a 2015 film directed by Breck Eisner and written by Corey Goodman, Matt Sazama, and Burke Sharpless. 
and Vin Diesel stars as an immortal witch hunter who must stop a plague from ravaging the entire world. Yes. Again, I knew Vin Diesel was a big D&D fan, but I did not know that The Last Witch Hunter was a direct influence of his own D&D experience. Right, yeah. I had no idea that was D&D inspired. The more you know, folks. Jamie Christmas. Insert shooting star. Right. <laughs> and another celebrity that I was not aware of, mm-hmm. it's Aubrey Plaza. Okay. He is often invited to Dan Harmon's games and was even a guest on Harmon's role-playing game show, Harmon Quest. Felicia Day is another one. I'm not surprised. <laughs> right. John Favreau is one. He credits D&D with helping his improv training and development uh, for movies with Marvel and Disney. Okay. Stephen Colbert is one. We have Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> also Deborah Ann Wolf from Daredevil. She hosts her own D&D show Uh-oh. and was introduced to the game by her manager. And also Ashley Johnson. Oh, that one tracks. Yeah. Yeah, right. She developed the a D&D show with other voice actor friends that she plays with. And it's been fully animated as well. I want them all on a game session with me. That'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Who's your dream team? D&D. <laughs> Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> Ashley Johnson, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Stephen Colbert would be amazing. And Joseph Gordon Lovett would be fun. Well, speaking of dream casting, you've got some casting for us. Mm, yes, I do. So we have Chris Pine. He's Edgan the Bard. Michelle Rodriguez is Holga the Barbarian. Justice Smith is Simon the Sorcerer. Reggie John Page is Zank the Paladin. Sophia Lillis is Doric the Druid. Hugh Grant is Forge the Rogue, Chloe Coleman is Kira, and Daisy Head is Sophina the Red Wizard. I'm ready for some tea. Are you ready for some tea? Let's spill it. This is the part of the show where we spill the tea. This means spoilers. So if you have not seen Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, we are about to spoil it for you. Well, I will put it out there if you haven't guessed already. I have never played a game of D&D. Have you? I have not, but I know a lot of people who do. Okay, same. And I have been exposed to a lot of the memes and jokes and videos for the last 20, 30 years. Okay. So I know of D&D. I was introduced to Magic the Gathering when I was in elementary school. I thought that was fun to collect, but uh, no, I have not played the game. I know the dice are a big deal. I've seen a lot of fun dice over at Comic-Con, but I have no idea how to play the game. But I was able to follow the movie without playing the game so for those of you who are concerned that you won't be able to follow the movie with that because you haven't played the game that is not the case okay i will put that disclaimer out there and if you have played the game there's a added level of detail that you will recognize did you have a favorite character chris pine was a joy to watch but i think my favorite character is going to be michelle rodriguez as holga all right yeah i see that and i agree with you <laughs> i'm torn between simon and doric they were yeah. so funny. The witty banter. I love Doric's character as far as like how she got to transform into, mm-hmm. they called her an owlbear. Yes. Sign me up. If I could be an owlbear, <laughs> I'm in. Top three favorite moments. Okay. Two of mine tend to happen in the same scene. <laughs> okay. When Zank gives the directions on how to cross the bridge in the underground lair, but the adventurers mess up the mission and Simon leans against a stone, which makes the entire bridge disappear. Yes. <laughs> like collapse. And Simon's all, I did not know that was where the bridge started. <laughs> My bad. And you can tell that Zank is the non 
playable character and it's actually just the dm giving out the directions for the team to follow and just see the dm's face just drop right like you jerk <laughs> i planned up this 30 hour obstacle and you all stepped on a freaking stone and destroyed everything i wrote <laughs> right but another one is a dork telling everyone to get into the gelatinous cube of doom and poking her finger out so she can shapeshift into a snake ah, to get out. Yes. And then my third one is the pack of intellect devourers who pass by the party. Is They're up against the cave wall and Zank is like, don't move. They go towards the person who has the highest intellect and they're all oh, against the wall. Yes. And, they, and the devourers just walk right by them and Edgen's like, oh, well, that's kind of offensive. Because it went after nobody in the entire team. Because no one had high intellect at that moment. So right. That was fun. They looked like um like weird turkey butts. Yes. Turkey what is butts. this? What am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> I would have to say my top three was the Bradley Cooper cameo, which makes me wonder if he's a and d player. I don't know. Or I don't know. Maybe he just wanted street cred. That could be a thing too. The graveyard scene was hilarious. Yes. I could not stop. I was so like irritated. I'm like, you guys are just gonna leave him hanging? You can't, you can't do him a solid and just give one more question. One for more him? question. Why? Why? Like, what, what did the dead guy do to you? Nothing. You woke him up from the dead. That's rude. And you're just gonna leave, leave him there because you run out of patience, right? <laughs> like Chris Pine's mood. That whole scene. The audacity <laughs> of dead people. And I was like, yep. kind sir. And he's just over it. But also, shout out to Jonathan. I love Jonathan. That was practical effects that they used. Yes. Amazing. The whole opening scene of where's Jonathan? Jonathan, Jonathan. Like trying to make Jonathan so fetch. And when Jonathan finally showed up, poor Jonathan. <laughs> I know. I mean, the memes that came out because of Jonathan and the TikToks. Jonathan, great A content, sir. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, the comment where people are like, the name for cats being Jonathan is going to skyrocket after this movie. <laughs> that I feel like that tracks. That definitely tracks. Yeah. Did you catch any Easter eggs or parallels? Because I was just in it for the ride. Yeah, no, it was a lot of Easter eggs about the story of the game. Okay. So if you are a player of D&D, you'll see these are, it's more obvious to you versus like you and I were just casual moviegoers. So in the final maze puzzle, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of chests and like hidden oh, yeah. sections. Mm-hmm. We were sitting there. We're like, one of them's got to be a mimic. Like right. it ha- one of them has to be a mimic. And sure enough, when Michelle's character went to open the chest, I was like, yep, there it is. There's the yeah. mimic. And then just oh, was a lot of creators on TikTok who said that they could actually hear the dungeon master throughout the whole movie. Ah, oh, yes. Could hear okay. that interaction between them and the characters. And like at the scene where Holga and Egan are escaping the guards in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Egan is just like frantically trying to like cut himself free from the ropes. And Holga is barreling first into the guards. Like, okay, well, Holga rolled like a 17. <laughs> And is succeeding in fighting off the guards. Meanwhile, Edgen rolled like a three and is struggling to cut off the ropes. It was little things like that that people saw. Okay. But another couple of Easter eggs is Simon's grandfather that he sees when he wears the helmet. Yes. Elminster. Elminster is like one of the most powerful wizards in D&D lore. Okay. 
So it'll be interesting to see if we learn more about Simon's heritage in the sequel. Okay. And then in one of the scenes where they were traveling to a different kingdom, it was like an oversweeping panoramic view. Apparently there's a couple of rust monsters in the corner fighting over a scrap of metal. And it was just a quick, quick reference that people who play the game saw. Okay. And rust monsters are basically, you know, they're a monster who can corrode magical metal. It's very difficult to fight with normal weaponry when you're up against the rust monster. So that was a little Easter egg for for the players. And then the cult of the dragon, which is the battle that Holga's ancestors had fought from the graveyard yes. scene. Mm-hmm. They are basically a notorious group from Forgotten Realms and basically has plagued D&D for a really long time. So that's another little Easter egg to the game. And there was a second party in the survival game in the maze. Mm -hmm. Apparently, they were designed after the animated series characters, where a group of kids get on a roller coaster and are teleported to the world of D&D. And it was a Saturday morning cartoon. I have no memory of this. (laughs) Okay. But apparently, that group in the maze was designed after the series. All right. So there were actually nods to the game. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, D&D fans, they did you a solid. I do think there's sequel potential here. Oh, yes, for sure. Like, I was not ready to give up on Regis Jean-Page. I Mm -hmm. really was like, wait, what do you mean you're leaving right now? The movie's not over. Regis Jean-Page at the end of the movie, hovering over Hugh Grant. I'm not saying it was ominous, but like, I just feel like his story isn't done yet, correct? I feel like there's more to the rogue. Yes. Mm -hmm. What other tidbits did you pick up on? Well, we don't know what happens to Zaz Tam. The red wizard that Safina worked with. He's oh. the one who is the leader and is a necromancer and lurks in the shadows and kind of commands his legion You're to so do his right. bidding. Yeah. We don't know where he is. And he wants to take over all of Theron. So apparently Safina isn't the only one working for him. It'll be interesting to see if they bring him back for the sequel. And now it is time for the spotlight of the week. Looking to move? 24-7 Moving is a full-service moving company based in L.A. At 24-7 Moving, they understand moving can be overwhelming sometimes, and they see this as their responsibility to alleviate the pressure and stress. Their professional team provides fun, friendly, and secure local and long-distance services throughout the U.S. Their highly skilled and well-trained team has combined experience of over 3,000 moves including commercial and residential. They deliver smooth and stress-free moving and packing services at affordable prices. I've personally used 24-7 moving and have never been so impressed with a team of movers in my life. They weren't just fast and efficient. They were affordable, and the guest service was unmatched to anything I've ever worked with before. For more information, visit them online at 247moving.com. Looking to donate some of your old books to a good home? Look no further than your local Little Free Library. Little Free Library is a nonprofit organization based out of St. Paul, Minnesota. Their mission is to be a catalyst for building community, inspiring readers, and expanding book access for all through a global network of volunteer-led Little Free Libraries. For more information on Little Free Library, head on over to the link in our show notes. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with the following. Wizards of the Coast... Hasbro Studios, Allspark Pictures, and Paramount Pictures. We just rolled a nat 20 on fangirling.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.